You're listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between running and positive mental health. We do this by talking to runners from all walks of life who generously share their experiences with us. So you don't miss an episode, I've created an email list for you to join. Check the show notes for more details. Without further ado, I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Christopher Voss. In this episode, you'll find out why he started prioritizing his physical health and why he thinks you should do it too before it's too late. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, we have a good friend of mine, Christopher Voss, all the way from the United States of America. Welcome, Christopher. Thank you. All the way on the other side of the pond, on the big pond, way over on the other side. <laughs> it Long is. swim. I have, I've interviewed a few people from America, but um, I've just, because I haven't known you from the running world, it's, I'm really excited to talk to you today and learn more of your story and how you started running and all of that. But before we do, tell us a little bit more about where you grew up. Yeah. So I am from what they call the Motor City and that is Detroit, Michigan. Wow. And the reason they call it the Motor City, if you, if those of you who don't know, uh, that's where the big three is, which is General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. Their headquarters were there, and we're big automotive. Uh, there's tons of automotive plants. They make lots of cars in Detroit. Now, they make cars all over the world. They make yeah. cars over the United States, but the corporate headquarters where they do all the designing and the planning and all those things are in Detroit and uh, Ford Motor Company, uh, Henry Ford, yep. uh, who, you know, the, one of the greatest kind of like, if you picked a really main entrepreneur in history, yep. uh, Henry Ford, you know, Henry Ford was a big entrepreneur back in the day. Uh, you know, what he did was pretty amazing by starting yep. Ford Motor Company. Uh, he, his friend, Henry Ford's dear friend, Thomas Edison. Yep. Uh, so Thomas Edison, John Burroughs, Henry Ford, they used to all go camping together. What? Now, their camping was probably what they more called glamping. It was <laughs> kind of fancy camping, yeah. but it was actually camping with tents and stuff. So those guys were all friends. And, and Harvey Firestone is the founder of Firestone Tire, which I think has changed their name since. So anyway, Detroit is the motor city. It's known for our cars. Mm. And um, so I live outside of Detroit in a suburb. Yeah. So there's a lot of suburbs that surround outside Detroit. And so I was born in, I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan which is where the University of Michigan um, University of Michigan is, a, yep. a, a very famous university, very good mm -hmm. hospital. I am not a fan of the University of Michigan. I am a Spartan. <laughs> I'm a Michigan State University grad, which is from a whole other part in Michigan. Uh, green and white, University of Michigan's maize and blue, big rivals. We hate each other, uh, big rivals. So, uh, but yeah, I was born in Ann Arbor. And then my parents raised me in a little town in Michigan called Plymouth. And lived there my whole life and um, lived there my whole life. Uh, took, I went off to college at Michigan State University uh, about an hour and a half from my home. Went did to you, my first year of college. So, sorry to interrupt. Did you, um, no. do you have siblings? Yeah, I have an older brother mm -hmm. and uh, he is two years older than me. We're about two years apart. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's older than me. That's just the two of us. So for me, uh, you know, I've got nine children 
um, which someone's like, why did you have nine children when you only came from you and your brother? Um, ever since I was a child, I wanted to have a large family. And you'll learn from my story uh, that I met someone else that felt the same way, yeah. which made it a lot easier to have a lot of kids. So, uh, yeah. So born and raised, uh, went on, went to school for a year. And then I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You've probably seen missionaries that walked, you know, girls yeah. or boys uh, going together two by two, uh, Mormon missionaries, yeah. Mormon missionaries. So I went on my mission for two years in Southern California yeah. and um, did a lot of walking, not running uh, <laughs> while I was out there. And then I came home, started back up at college, met my wife. Fell in love with her. She fell in love with me. That's um, handy. I don't know if it's that order. Maybe we fell in love at the same time. I don't know. But <laughs> there was a lot of falling in love going on. And we got married and then uh, started our family very young. We were married four months and we were expecting our first child. And wow. then all of a sudden, I'm like, holy smokes, I need to graduate from college. I have a kid. Um, wow. Then we had another kid coming on the way. And so I'm like, I really got to get out of college. So I got out of college and, um, that was, I was still in Michigan at the time. And then my wife is from Toledo, Ohio. And we moved back to her roots to yeah. where she's from. Um, we, when I graduated, her father was sick with multiple sclerosis. Uh, she had a sister that was about 12-ish years old. And her dad was at the point where he had to be cared for a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was too hard for her sister to do it. So he went into an assisted living center. We moved to Toledo, Ohio, bought his home, had two kids. And then here's the interesting thing about my life. It's like, hey, you've got a, what, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And I can't remember their ages, but then we had a 13-year-old. So you look at people that are new parents, don't have experience of raising teenagers, and you've got two little ones. And all of a sudden, it's like, here's a teenager. Good luck. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Teenagers are uh, a whole different challenge than little kids. But it went great. She was a wonderful kid. And uh, so anyway, that's what took us to Toledo was Jennifer's mother died when she was 14 years old. Jennifer was 14 when her mom died of cancer. Yeah. And uh, so her mom died when she was young and then her dad had multiple sclerosis. So mm -hmm. yeah. So my journey after college, we went to Toledo and we hung out there and uh, I worked as a, an account executive, a radio station. I sold commercials. And so when you hear the commercials on the radio, yeah. I sold those to businesses. And then long story, even longer, um, <laughs> Jennifer's father passed away Yeah, and there was no ties in Toledo anymore. And my wife's sister was out of high school. So mm -hmm. we said, let's move back to where I'm from. And then that now brings us back to where we live now oh, today wow. and uh, brought us full circle back to here. So that's kind of, that's kind of the geography yeah. and my history of where I came from, where I'm at now. Yeah. In a, in a um, physical sense. Um, what did you study at college, which I think college is our university here in Australia? What did you study? I was a communications major slash marketing. So marketing, communications, um, marketing, encompassing kind of that whole general scope of, you know, advertising, marketing, communication, messaging. And so, yeah, I was a comm major, as they call it, comm major. And I really, you know, my first job out of I went into the radio business selling airtime. Um, so I think a lot of things that I learned in college, I really didn't apply too much to my first job. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, college is good 
it taught me discipline and all the things that great that college does. Plus it was a lot of fun too, as well. Yeah, not gonna lie there. College was great. <laughs> um, expensive fun, but, uh, <laughs> but I met my wife there. So yeah. I got the best thing out of college is my wife, Jennifer. Love it. So it, during any of that time from growing up and through college and then the travel over to Toledo and back and all of that, what was physical exercise like for you in your life? Has there been a period where sports taken a big chunk of your life or a big interest? You know, I kind of, my life has been like hills. It's been up and down hmm. as far as, as far as taking care of myself. I mean, I, I was active in high school. I ran track and field. I ran the mile. Hmm. Uh, when I was in high school, I ran a 505 wow. mile, which 505 isn't bad. Now there were kids in division one or division one or class A high schools that were running miles. I mean, there was a kid that did a four minute, 445, four minutes and 45 second mile. And that was the big schools with lots of kids that had a lot of talent, but yeah, 505. So I ran track and field in high school. I played golf. Um, I was relatively active. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked out at home a lot and you know, for me, those of you that are listening that are entrepreneurs, you might be able to relate to this. You know, what you focus on is important. And I was focusing on being an entrepreneur. I started my own business. Mm -hmm. And so all the time and everything that's involved in that, which is only an excuse, we know, um, eating at weird hours, eating late, eating on the run, um, claiming that you don't have time to exercise, there's a period of time in my life where I, I mean, there was a big period of time where I did not take care of myself. I was mm-hmm. eating horrible, not exercising. Uh, I was diabetic. Um, you know, there's just all sorts of stuff. So I was kind of a ticking time bomb. I know you're going to get to a question later, so I don't want to spoiler alert about what happens down the road, but and where I'm at now. But um, I wasn't taking care of myself like I should. But the best thing, you know, those of you are listening right now and that's okay. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. It matters what you do today and in the future. And I love Tony Robbins that says the past doesn't equal the future. Yeah. I love that because it really helps you feel like, okay, let's turn a page. I'm done with chapter one. Let's go on to chapter two. I have a friend of mine that teaches about what is your chapter two. Yeah. So yeah, I, I went through a very long period of time where I was very low activity mm-hmm. and not doing much and just basically not caring. I was driving my car. It's like driving a car in first gear mm. for years, yeah. <laughs> you know, not in not shifting through all the gears. You just throw it down in first and go through. So yeah, that was a long period of time. I was not taking care of myself. Isn't it funny though, as a, as a fellow entrepreneur, the, the way we can get myopic about that journey that we're on with the business and or businesses or whatever it is we're doing we're very myopic about it and it, that's more important than anything else because it means you know whether it's stability for our family it's it's um you know seeing our dreams come true there's all these things that are important but we don't realize that the foundation of all of that is our health and if our health isn't at a certain level phys- physical and mental then it's we're building a house of cards no matter how good the business is, it's not going to survive if you don't survive, if that makes sense. As a rule, you know, we're not all building Ford empires. Um, so it's quite, I, I don't know whether that's something that comes with age or wisdom, <laughs> you know, the understanding of that, because 
I'm sure logically you could explain that to anybody and they would say, yes, of course, <laughs> I understand. But that doesn't necessarily get them out the door or get them, you know, eating better or whatever it is. So it's it's fascinating, human nature and how we almost our own worst enemy sometimes in those things. Absolutely. The hardest thing ever for me on my journey is starting. Mm. I'm sure that's a big problem for a lot of people too is how do I start? Where do I start? Um, and then, you know, I think of it like I, I'm a big enthusiast of Mount Everest. I think yeah. Mount Everest is the most fascinating thing on the planet. It's fascinating to see the people that want to climb it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've watched every documentary. I know where every, like when I watch the documentaries, I'm telling my wife, oh, they're coming up to the Hillary step. There's going to be a dead body over there. And he's wearing a blue jacket. Wow. Like, How'd you know that? That's because, you know, when people die on Mount Everest, it's they can't bring them down yeah. you, because it's too so dangerous coming down. This is as much going up. They can't like throw a dead body on their shoulder and bring them down. There's a lot of dead bodies that are just left up there of people not making it. Uh, and so life, it, you know, it's it's kind of like you're trying to get to the summit. You know, where is it that you're trying to go? And those guys, when they climb that mountain, they just don't wake up someday and be like, yeah, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. They got to move to Nepal. They got to stay at base camp for like months to climatize to 10,000 feet. So they can at least go up to 20,000 feet. And it's one foot in front of the other. It's one step, two step, three step, pause, one step, two. So I look at I thought about that a lot. And I used to talk about this with some friends as I was starting my journey. It's like, okay, the first thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to put my shoes on. And the goal this week is just go out every single day mm. and just go out and go somewhere and walk somewhere. You know, I didn't start out running. Yeah. And kill, you're going to kill your knees and mess everything up. And so it's like, I'm just put my shoes on. Well, actually, Michelle, first thing was, I'm going to go buy a pair of shoes, yeah. a good pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. But actually, before that, I just looked at my inventory. I'm like, do I have shoes that I could put on and walk for a couple of blocks mm-hmm. and circles and my feet wouldn't get bad? Yes. Okay. Start there. Mm-hmm. And I just went out and my first goal was to go out and move, mm-hmm. go out and say, you know, I'm going to go around this block and that block and that's it. And then I'm going to come home. And uh, that was like, you know, week number one, get out and move yeah. and uh, do something. And then it progressed from there. But the first thing is, so starting, you know, you have to just start. And for me, get rid of all the obstacles, get rid of all the things that are in the way. I had to get rid of all those obstacles or things in the way that were keeping me. And some of those obstacles were mental. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm a big guy. I'm going to hurt my body. Uh, You know, it's not good for me to do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. All those false things that you tell yourself, Mm -hmm. I don't have time. I just, so once you address, address all those things, address the mind things and then we're like, okay, I just have to start. And have you ever heard this story, Michelle? There was a guy, I don't know who taught it. I should Google it, but he was teaching people to work out. He said the first thing, like the first couple of days of the week, they just told the people get in their cars, drive to the gym, sit in the parking lot, stare at the door yeah. for five minutes and then turn around and drive home. That was like sure. week one, week two. <laughs> Go to the gym, drive to the gym, get out of the car, go up, open up the door, close the door, get back in your car and drive home. (laughs) What? I don't know if it was, I don't know what days or weeks, whatever, but the principle was the next thing you go, you drive, you park in the parking lot, you go in, you open up the door, you walk in, you look around, 
grab a drink of water out of the thing and go home. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, finally, that's like, okay, park, drive, go in, find something in there that you can do. Yeah. Do a little bit for just a minute or so, and then go home. And he had people do this. And the cool thing about it is by the time they got to the point where they're in doing something, they had already got into that habit yes. of going to the gym. So now it wasn't a thing of, am I going to go? It was, hey, I'm here. Mm. What am I going to do? next and it was really when he told this story i'm like man that is really interesting mm-hmm. and i use that principle sometimes with my kids trying you know things i want to get them to do mm. and you know the baby steps to those things so that is really i applied that to me and my journey of being active mm. and doing more and increasing it's kind of where that's what fueled that for me so it sounds to me like you were quite active when you were younger Yes. Then you've had um, a a big batch of kids, almost a dozen, and mm-hmm. built um, built a business or businesses, which mm-hmm. all very time, you know, they all require a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. And I assume during that period, you mostly didn't take care of yourself, as what you said earlier. Would that Correct. be right? Sort of looking yep. at it in a linear way. What? what was the earworm or what was the thing that got into you that decided, you know, made you decide to change and and when did that happen? So now what I'm going to share with all of you that are listening, please do not wait for what motivated me Mm -hmm. um, because you might not be as lucky as what I was. Um, So I had every excuse in the world, like I said, and yeah, I wasn't taking myself. And when I, if I could go back in a time machine, here's, here's one thing I want to say really quick. Find somebody, find a coach, find a trainer, find a friend, find somebody that you can team up with that will help hold you accountable. Not be like a drill sergeant, because the last thing in the world someone wants is like, you know, texting you at five o'clock in the morning. Have you gotten up yet? You know, you slept in, you piece of dirt, you know, no, just get somebody, get an accountability partner, get somebody that knows your history and your journey and they know what your goal are and they know how you want to get there. Don't try and do this alone. Just like Mount Everest, the Nepali government in 2019 banned anyone that wants to summon out Mount Everest alone. You cannot summit Everest alone. It is, it is against the law. If you try and do it, you'll get arrested and um, you can't do it alone. So on this journey, don't do it alone. Mm. here's what motivated me. I had a friend. Um, there is a, a gentleman that I established a relationship with. And then from that person, I met a whole bunch of other people. So I met a guy by the name of Russell Brunson. He owns a company called ClickFunnels. Mm-hmm. Um, became friends with and developed a relationship with Russell. Mm-hmm. And then I started following and getting relationships with people that are connected with Russell friends of his, other people, people that are in that community. And so it's like a domino. Russell is the first domino. You flick that domino over and it knocks down all these other dominoes. And there's all these other people that I met. Well, there's a domino in that chain and his name is Wallace Nelson. Mm -hmm. And I like to say his name because this guy saved my life. And here's how I met him, developed, had a relationship with him. He came to me and he said, Christopher, you've got nine children. You're an entrepreneur. The message you share about what you do for your business with return on relationship Mm -hmm. is a very powerful message. People need it in their lives. 
And if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be around for your kids. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be around to share this message. We need to get to work. He said, I'll coach you. So he put me in his program, put me in his health and wellness program, coached me one-on-one for free. Mm-hmm. That's expensive, mm-hmm. but he didn't charge me for it because of the relationship that I had with him. Mm-hmm. And I was close to 400 pounds. Mm. That's you know, a big guy. Do you know what that is in kilos for those of us in the metric world? <laughs> in kilos, it's bigger, right? It's like, or no, mm. it's more. No, it's less. Bigger. No, it's less. Okay. Kilos, it's, I can ask. the number is less, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Alexa, what's 400 pounds in kilos? One hundred and eighty kilos. So oh, it was about one hundred and eighty kilos. And how tall are you? Uh, five eleven with a good pair of shoes on with some heels. Um, oh wow! So not even so six sh- foot. Not even six foot. And he saw the writing on the wall, and so Gosh. he put me in his program. So I started eating healthier. I started to move. I started to exercise, and was losing weight and doing really good and feeling better. How long ago was this? That was uh, that was now? the beginning of 2019. Yep. Beginning of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then in July of 2019, I had a major stroke. Mm-hmm. And I think it was God's funny way of saying, okay, I like what you've done. Congratulations mm-hmm. on getting fit or getting fitter. Congratulations on all the success. Congratulations on turning your life around but I'm going to give you one big, huge, gigantic reminder. Mm. So if you ever decide you want to go back to 400 pound, Chris, maybe this will give you something to think about. Mm. So I had a stroke and it affected the left side of my body from my shoulder down to my foot. Uh, it feels like you slept on it wrong and it's numb. Yeah. Like my foot feels like it's a numb feeling, like your mm-hmm. foot's asleep and you're trying to shake it awake. Mm. Um, I've had, a I stroke. still have the side effects. <laughs> What's that? I've had a stroke, but it was not. I, my <laughs> symptoms weren't the same as yours. But yeah. Okay. So uh, the day that I had the stroke was the most terrifying moment in my life, mm. standing there in the grocery store, in the flower department, feeling weird, and all of a sudden mm. feeling my foot on my left side of my body go numb, and it goes all the way up to your shoulder and your wow. whole left side. And so what was happening, though, is, is I was treating it as a pinched nerve. Mm. because the vessel in my brain was closing and you get the numbness feeling and then you open it and it would go away. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. training for a pinched nerve, but actually it was just the vessel slowly closing and opening mm-hmm. slowly closed. So one day vessel closed, never opened. And that's what caused the stroke. Oh. So after I got home from that, I recorded a video and I was in the hospital, I was in the bed and I recorded the video and I say this a lot and some, I already cried. I told the story earlier today, but mm. so I probably won't cry because I got my cries out of my system, <laughs> but I recorded a video for my kids and it was a video yeah. that if, so sometimes when you have a stroke, you hear people are like, well, they're in the hospital and they had a second stroke. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that's the one that kills you. And so anyway, the doctor sat on my bed and he's like, Hey, my wife, your wife told me about your story. Make sure you thank that guy that helped you because 400 pound Chris probably would not have survived that, but lighter Chris survived the stroke. And so to answer your question, that I have that video still in my Mm -hmm. phone. So when I start, if I start to the point where I get into an old habit Mm -hmm. of, you know, maybe not planning my meals or figuring out what I'm going to do the next Mm -hmm. day or all those things, not planning what time I'm going to exercise. All I have to do is watch that video. 
And I'm like, there's no way in the world I'm going back to that. You can hear the machines beeping in the background. I'm in a hospital wow. gown. I'm laying down in a bed and it's very emotional. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I had a really stern reminder of what is going to happen if I don't stay on track. And so from that point, I was really motivated. So those of you who are listening, don't wait for something catastrophic to happen in your life because if you take a small little compact car and you load it up with cement mm. as much as you can to the windows and drive it around, eventually the tires are going to blow, the transmission is going to go, the engine's going to go. It can't take that weight anymore. And that's what literally what we do to our bodies, carrying around all that extra weight. I mean, if you think about it, 50, uh, 150 pounds on whatever that is in kilos. I mean, no one's going to go grab. Okay. Here's the thing, Michelle, if you go to the garden department and you get one of those big bags of sand, mm. the big bags of sand, whatever those are in kilos, I was right. carrying around like five of those. Mm. Like if you, I'd be like, here, let me put these five bags of sand on your shoulders, strap in your legs and go walk around for a couple of days. I couldn't do it. Mm. So anyway, so a long answer to a question, what made you get going, Christopher? Um, someone cared for me. Someone expressed love and said, I care about you. Get healthier. Mm-hmm. I got healthier. And then I had a stroke. And then that was all I needed then to solidify the fact of you need to stay on course. You need to take mm-hmm. care of your health. You need to check your blood. You need to. It's great. Medicine's awesome. They have every test in the world that can tell you how you're doing. You just got to go get it done and know how you're at and then just track it. It's yeah. not that very hard to measure it. Yeah. To say the improvements. Um, how has it affected you mentally? Like we've talked a lot about the physical stuff. So how, how do you feel it's affected you mentally? Cause you've gone through quite a transition since that 2019 period. Um, mentally, like the short, short answer is, I mean, when you, when you feel better, you act different. Mm-hmm. Uh, when your body is healthier, you treat people differently. Your mood is different. Um, your activity level, what you can and can't, I mean, there's so much more you can do. Um, you know, bending over isn't like, Ugh, or, mm-hmm. you know, I remember sometimes walking into the, just walking into the store and you get inside and you're kind of winded. It's like, dude, you just walked from the car to the store. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But now I went and parked the car one day and I parked it. And then I was walking in the store and I'm like, I'm kind of getting impatient. So I just kind of started jogging a little bit in the store and I got in the doors open. I got in and I'm like, dang, I just jogged from the car to the store, but I I just kind of did it. I just kind of wanted to. Um, So for men, there's so many great mental things. I mean, we know the physicality of your body. There's all this connectivity between Mm -hmm. the mental part of your life. But for me, mentally, I went through PTSD uh, when I had that near-death experience. Yeah. Um, anytime, like, like my right foot, my right foot went numb because my laces on my shoes were too tight. I thought I was having a stroke. Yeah. Or if something weird happened in my body, I thought something else major was happening. Mm-hmm. So I did have to go. Um, and, and I found this out in you being a stroke survivor too. There's actual therapy that you need to go to for stroke survivors, because stroke survivors go through all of this mental stuff of mm-hmm. worrying about something else happening. But the thing is, if I, when I got help, someone's like, you're walking, you're jogging, you're eating healthy, you're doing all the things that you're supposed to do. 
you are not doing what you did before. Mm-hmm. And as long as you don't go back to your old habits, the damage has already been done. And that's been evident in what happened with the stroke, but keep doing what you're doing. I mean, it's chemistry. Yeah. You burn more than you take in. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so mentally though, right now, it's, it helps so much with your confidence. It helps so much with your energy and you can get so much more done. I feel fantastic after a run. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, I'm, you're going to be tired. I'm not really tired afterwards. I'm like, no. I'm like, I have more energy. I mean, not to mention the addiction to all the wonderful things that happen chemically within your body that you're kind of like, like Michelle, there was, I already jog, I ran for the day and it was like eight o'clock at night. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out and just throw my shoes on and hit a couple laps around the, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. My wife texts me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just felt like going out. I want to do a couple laps. Uh, you want to do, do, do a mile and a half, maybe two miles. She's like, you already did it. I know. I just felt like I wanted to go do it. So you start to get addicted to, I don't know about you, but I start to get addicted to the I'm drawing a blank on the word, the endorphins, endorphins. right? Mm-hmm. And in things like that, it's a great drug to be addicted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so anyway, you can put yourself into a good cycle. You can yeah. put yourself into a good cycle of, of things. So yeah, mentally, big player, big player in that. Is there any time where you found things were getting, I mean, as we, even when we came on, we were talking about, you know, your family and how stuff goes, you know, happens. So, and you're running a business as well. So you're just running a life. Things are not going in a straight line all the time because it, you're human. Is there any times where you've found that whether it's um, going for a run or going to the gym or, or that we can talk a minute about what you're actually doing? Um, are there any times where you've found that when you then go do that bit, of, a bit of exercise, the things that were stressing you out, like your brain was even sometimes a little tiny things. It just puts things in proportion. That's what I found. Do you find that when you, yeah, those, you have those times in your life where things are just crazy and then you go and do whatever exercise it is, we're talking about running, <laughs> that, yeah. that everything feels better, even though before you put your shoes on and went out the door, you know, it was catastrophe in your mind. You know, I go back to what I was saying, all the chemical things that happen in your body are such a great you know, some people, when they're stressed out, you can take, you know, you can take, uh, you can take a pill mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying that those aren't needed. There are people that look, I'm at my ends. I'm, I'm, I'm crashing mentally. I need something to quickly, you know, people need that. So I'm a believer that there are times that medication is important, but you can, you can, you can jog it out. You can, I mean, there are times where I've been really wound up about something and I just, you go out, you go for a jog, you go for a run. I call it a jog versus a run, but you go for a jog and um, you come back and it's like, it's kind of like walking in, in those problems or stresses you have start falling off you. Mm. You know, like if you had little sticky notes on you of everything that's stressing you out yeah, as you're it. walking, the little sticky notes are, you know, dropping off your body. So by the time you get home, no more notes are on you. Um, and that's, that's super key being able to counter those things with something else uh, is super important. So yeah, it's a great way. There's just so many things, you know, if if you're just starting out or, or whatever that you're listening, just start Googling some of the benefits. The thing that's the kicker for me, when you Google how many minutes a day 
X amount of exercise equates to increasing the longevity of your life. When I Google that the first time, I'm like, wow. So, I mean, everything's not a sure thing, but if Harvard and some of these really smart people did these studies that say, hey, if you exercise or if you jog or you run or whatever, these many minutes a day, you're going to live these many years longer. I don't know about you, but that's that sounds like a pretty good gamble on my part. Uh, if some smart person says that, I'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, I often talk on the podcast about uh, running and mindfulness and so that being in the moment stuff and, again, go back to some of those smart people because they've studied our brains when we're running and many of us get into a state of, uh, it's a state of flow and, and borrowing an, a word from our online <laughs> world as well. Um, but uh, what they look at, what they've looked at and proven is that what's going on in your brain looks very similar to when you're doing yoga when you're getting into those states. So for me, um, I've been learning and teaching myself using a mindful movement, how you can get into that state of mindfulness while you're running when you need to. So when you have those stressful times and things, yes, running will help, but um, being able to deliberately get yourself into that state when you're running by using just mindfulness techniques um, is fascinating. And, of course, the science is there to back it up because it's they've proven that it looks pretty much like you're doing yoga in many cases when you're running, when you get into that flow state, which is, I think, fascinating. Thank you, science, for sharing that with us. What's going oh, yeah, on inside? Absolutely. Mm. I love that. Yeah, it's important. It, it's, uh, it's a win-win across the board. Mm. It can help out in so many different areas. And I love it. Um, obviously, you know, podcast. My one during COVID, <laughs> when we were all in lockdown and couldn't go anywhere, uh, one of my sons working out for him, it got him through COVID. Like, oh, you know, we we made it. You know, the gyms were closed, and we it was hard to get equipment, but somehow we were able to get our hands on a decent some decent equipment. So our garage became a little fitness center, and he had this huge speaker and. He, he listened to like Eminem and Post yeah. Malone and all this really just, you know, just jam Pump, music pumping and <laughs> pumping it up. And so he would say he would go into the, he'd go, you know, Spencer's going in the garage for about an hour and everybody had to stay out because it was his time mm -hmm. by himself. And he would lift and, and run and just do all this stuff. But that was his, that was his out. That was his way to get everything out, to get yeah. all the tension, to get the stress yeah. and everything that was going on during COVID. So I know during COVID, there are a lot of people that sat, that sat and didn't do a lot of activity. Mm. Um, and I know that that was a problem after that, but uh, yeah. So anyway, it's funny how you bring, what did you do for you mentally? A lot for me. And then it's been fun, you know, witnessing mm. how effective it was for one of my children. If he didn't, if he didn't work out for the day, he was, he was wound up. Uh, if he didn't get his exercise in, he was wound up. Yeah. Uh, so it was his out. So we gave him that hour, told him to keep it down a little bit. I go outside and I could hear the music at the neighbor's house. I'm like, you got to turn it down a little bit. I can hear it standing next door to a neighbor. So bring it down a little bit. But uh, anyway, That's another funny. story there about what it does for you mentally. Yeah, I love it. Um, so what does your exercise regime look like now, some four years later? I sent someone a text and I'm like one day and I'm like, I just ran five miles mm -hmm. and they're like, that's awesome. But I, I, I kind of set it in 
when you look at my before picture and then you look at me now, you're like, oh my word. Like, you know, sometimes Michelle, you have one of those days where you really don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so losing weight and getting healthier sometimes is convenient because I run into people sometimes in public and I'm just not in a mode I want to talk. I'm busy. I'm, I'm, I'm going fast. I don't have time to chit chat. They kind of walk by you and they don't notice you. I'm like, if they're not recognizing <laughs> you, <laughs> they don't recognize me. Like, there's, I was at the gym and I, I wanted to focus. I was listening to a book on tape and I was exercising and someone yeah. came in that I knew and I just didn't feel like chatting. I'm not, I'm a very social person, mm-hmm. but I had my game face on and I just wanted to stay mm-hmm. focused. Yeah. They didn't recognize me because my face is, you know, I had a permit, you know, those neck pillows that yeah. you buy to fly with, I to put around your neck mm-hmm. in the plane. I had a built in one. Uh, it was not the sharper image neck pillow. It was the Chris Voss neck pillow <laughs> just from the weight around my neck. Oh, wow. Um, so when you lose that whole thing, people don't recognize you, but, uh, so that's good. What does it look like now though? What do you, what are you, what are you doing? How do you, how often do you get up early? What is it? What yeah, do you so do? So I do. So my goal is to do, uh, well, it used to be, I did five miles a day. I take Sunday off. Yeah. So now what I do is I do, uh, I do weight training now. Mm-hmm. So three days a week I'm doing resistant weight training, yeah. you know, doing press and all this mm-hmm. dumbbells and all those things. Yeah. So I do that three days a week on the days I do weights, I do some type of a cardio. And yeah. usually for me right now, that will be, I call it a power walk. It's not mm-hmm. like you're kind of like, it's yeah. a solid moving power walk. Um, almost to the equivalent of a jog. And then two days a week, I do a full-blown run. Mm -hmm. And then on Saturday, instead of, so Saturday, I did a 10-mile power walk. I want to do almost a half a marathon. Mm -hmm. And so, so what I do, Michelle, is, so like Saturday, I did that 10 power walk. Mm -hmm. So then what I'm going to do is I slowly, when I increase my miles, when I'm curious how I jog, I first increase it in walking. So like, say, say I want to go seven miles, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'll, I'll jog this amount and then I'll power walk the rest. And then I slowly take that power walk section and I keep decreasing it where I'm jogging or running more. Yeah. And so that's how I do it. So I've got, here's, here's the jog, here's the power walk. And then I increase that and then decrease. So I slowly work my way into not like I'm going to go to 10 miles. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to 10 miles. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So we get, we've got weight train three days a week with cardio, with the power walks. And then the other are straight cardio, which is the jogging. And then on Saturday, it's a jog or a power walk, either a distance power walk or a short jog. And do you have a goal at the moment? Is that to reach the half marathon that you were saying before? So I want to do a full and mm-hmm. my goal is to do a full and uh, I have a friend of mine that uh, would do it with me. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've, we've talked, we did a 10K together yeah. uh, a long time ago. And I told him I'm interested in doing a marathon. What's great is he's a full-blown doctor, mm-hmm. which is super cool. So I'll be jogging with a full-blown doctor. So Helpful. if anything wacky ever happens, <laughs> I got, it's like a jog, you know, your physician jogging right next to you or, you know, it. so um, yeah, so that is the goal. And I'm seriously thinking about this fall mm-hmm. doing either a half or a full. Okay. Um, so 
I think a half is very realistic with what I did last Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago. Mm-hmm. I went out and power walked the 10. Yeah. And that's pretty much a half, a little, mm-hmm. little less than a half. Yeah. Um, so when marathons for you, I mean, they go here, it's K. It's, yeah. So uh, 42 it's kilometers. 42 kilometers. Okay. 42.195, actually. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So, so that is the goal. And I know I get there and I just stretch myself a little bit go a little bit further and then increase the jog part. Yeah. And so that's, and that has made it really easy to be able to increase that. I, I know other people do it other ways, yeah, yeah. but it works for me. There's lots of different ways. I mean, I've had um, Australian, uh, Australian represent international runners, I should say. So Australian representative runners here on the podcast as well. And they'll often, because at the end I'll ask you for some tips for beginners and they'll often talk about it's it's not when you start running, you just don't go out and run. And even when you're, when you've been running for many years, it doesn't mean that every time you put your shoes on and go out for a run, you run flat out or, or even that you don't walk as well. Like some of these really credentialed runners that I've talked to, they all talk about walking as part of their, their regime or part of their training. And even because a lot of them, we've done a lot of conversations with um, ultra trail runners. So that's a completely, that's another type of running because you're not running on a, on a road and you've, you actually have to walk <laughs> quite a bit because there's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the terrain and whatever you're, you're in. So it's that concept that from an, from the outside, sometimes um, people don't realize that running slater jogging isn't just about running all the time it's actually just about moving Mm -hmm. uh, moving forward really which i think is um it's something that we need to (laughs) address because it stops people then wanting to do it because they think you know i can't run for two minutes let alone half an hour and they get all uptight about that not realizing they can run walk run walk get to Mm -hmm. half an hour and and that's amazing and they can do that again the next day and whatever um there's so many great apps too. Apple Watch, oh, yeah. you know, there's Apple Watch's app. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many great. Just start Googling. There's so many apps out there that mm-hmm. can take you from doing nothing mm-hmm. to, you know, a 5K or a 10K very quickly. And, you know, if you're like those people, it just tell me what to do. Yeah. Start the app. Yeah. Day one, here's what you do. Day two, here's what you do. Yeah. Uh, so that's very helpful too for people need that little extra push. But I highly recommend find someone that can hold you accountable or find someone that can do it with you um, that will do it with you at your pace. Mm. Uh, you know, talk about what your goals are. It's mm. so much easier to accomplish things in life and goals that you're trying to do when you have someone there to do it with you, whether it be your spouse, a friend, uh, one of your kids. Um, there's mm. lots of help out there. You know, really there's where we live nowadays with the apps and the coaching and all the things that are out there. There's really no excuse. Um, there's no excuse. No, that's true. There's, there's not a whole lot of them. <laughs> How do you, like, as we keep saying, you've got all these kids and business to run and and even grandchildren or child mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> yep. I know. Um, yep. That's not a lot of time in your, a lot of bandwidth in your days. So how do you fit it all in to make sure that you also have time for what we've or already established is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself and your family and the business and is to stay healthy. Have a good quote. There's a quote by me. Uh, one of our leaders of our church said, your first priority should be your own 
spiritual and physical shape. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your second priority should be your family. Your third priority would be your church responsibilities Mm -hmm. or religious. Mm -hmm. And then your fourth would be your job. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people put work first because they got to provide for a family and they want them to be happy. And then they usually probably put their family next because they don't want to feel guilty. They're not taking care of their family. Mm -hmm. And then third, then it's usually like, well, um, you know, usually what happens on the end is that your own spiritual physical strength is on the end. Mm. So it's important to put your priorities in line. What's first Mm. Stephen Covey. I learned this when I went to one of his programs, you guys have seen this probably on YouTube where they take a fish bowl and they have a bag of sand, a bag of marbles, bag of rocks and a couple mm-hmm. big rocks and they put the small stuff in first. You can't fit everything in the bowl, but if you put the big rocks in first, then you pour this, the pebbles and the sand and the water, everything fits. Mm-hmm. So have fitness or have health be a big rock. Think mm-hmm. of it that way, put it in first. And then the best advice I can give, you have to find the time that's best for you. But my advice for whatever it's worth, get it out of the way because life gets in the way. There's fires to be put out. You know, Hey, I'm going to do it in the afternoon. There is stuff that comes up all the time. That's going to rob that time for you to get your mind straight, get your body straight and get your health. So go to bed, go to bed earlier. You know, I'm of the adage, Michelle, pick one thing that will make 12 other things happen organically. Mm-hmm. Go to bed earlier and just focus on going to bed earlier. Yeah. That's all. For week number one, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed earlier. Mm-hmm. Do that. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up earlier because your body's just naturally going to wake itself up. Yeah. And then when you get up earlier, get out of the way. I mean, you talk about a mental thing. There's nothing better than being out jogging in the morning when the sun's coming up and the birds are chirping. Mm-hmm. You, you pay... $10 a month for apps on your phone to make those sounds that you listen to with headphones. You can get it for free. Just put some shoes on and get out and move in the morning when the sun's coming up. So morning time is best for me. That's what I suggest to people. Get it out of the way. Here's the other reason why I want to get out of the way. I am more strict and I watch what I put through my mouth because all that work I did in the morning, I'm going to completely reverse that with a big, huge piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. And I put all that work in the morning to cancel it out. Yeah, I really don't need it. Yeah. Or, or maybe you just take a bite, everything in moderation. Maybe you just have a bite and push the rest away. Doing all that in the morning motivates me, but also it tees you up for the day. You feel better and then it's just a win across the board. So that's my advice. Do it in the morning and uh, get it out of the way. One of the things I find too, and some people have said on the podcast, is that preparation you know, like getting your, getting your running stuff ready before you go to sleep so that you don't have that sort of five-minute delay of, oh, I can't find my shoes and where are my socks and I don't know where I, what, <laughs> which is creates resistance, whereas if everything's ready. Someone even said if they, um, <laughs> that they had been known to go to bed in their running clothes so that when they got up, <laughs> they would just be able to head, head out the that. door. And I was like, okay. Um, I'm quite, like even now I've got my running clothes on underneath because I need to go for a run after our conversation. And just mm-hmm. the act of having to, you know, get out of some clothes and then into my running clothes, well, that resistance has been removed. I'm now sitting mm-hmm. here in my running clothes with you 
Uh, so going for a run is really just the obvious next step. Whereas if I had to go through the process, even though it seems minor in talking about it, it's just a resistance thing. So stopping some of that resistance is also, I think, really helpful. Just for whatever um, your triggers are that, that create that resistance. Um, I do that. I set my socks out, socks, underwear, shorts, shirt, shoes, yep. everything right there in a nice little pile. I love that. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So key. You wake up, it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. Just head out the door. I love it. I've even got my own running bag. I know I've got some friends who are who have a bag in the boot of their car always with a set of running gear in it so that they can at any given moment if they feel inspired. And I'm like, yeah, but what if it's clean or dirty? So all my brain just goes through all this sort of, well, then I should take it out and I have to remember to put it back. Anyway, um, we just do what works for us. And there's lots of ways to um, to work out what it is and to experiment to find out what works for you too. Um, Christopher, what sort of things do you think about when you're running? I think about, um, well, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, mm-hmm. so that's that's a large percentage of the time. I mm-hmm. have uh, several audiobooks I'm working on, so I put those in and uh, listen to those. Or I have playlists mm-hmm. that I listen to. Um, certain songs that motivate me. It's a time to get fired up and charged up. And so when I'm out there, I think of my goals. Mm -hmm. I think of what it is I'm trying to accomplish. And while I do that, I'm listening to some really good fired up music Mm -hmm. or uh, I'm listening to something motivating. Uh, I got several books in Audible that I'm listening to. So it's such a great time because if you go out for a half hour, 45 minutes to an hour, and if you got a book that's a nine hour audio book, nine days, you've gotten through it. Or if you listen to it a little, I like to listen to it a little bit faster speed. Mm-hmm. So you can take yeah. a nine hour book and shorten it by listening to it just a little bit faster. And if you can condition yourself to listening to books faster, it's really great. You can get them really quick. So yeah, I, I like to, those are the things I like to do. I like to focus on a book and learn. Yeah. I like to focus on my goals mm-hmm. and use this as an opportunity to motivate myself because I think about what I'm doing. I think about just the positiveness of that and it's encouraging. Uh, it's mm-hmm. motivating. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I think about. I used to call it my mobile university. And because I've been running since as an adult, since I was in my twenties, I've run with a discman and can remember listening to <laughs> It would keep hopping because it would. Anyway, it's quite funny. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember what you said. So, and yeah. Right, there be people who have no idea what a discman is. A, a walkman, then a discman. Yeah, yeah, all of those things. Yellow it's thing. Yep, absolutely. Yep. It's kind of crazy, really, how we do things and like a, that. And then a nanopod or a, you know, yeah. the nano, the little thing you clip. You clip yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those things. And now you can have it all in your watch if you're clever and read. I usually just have my phone, but anyway, um, do you, one other thing, one other thing I listen to, there's some motivational things on an iTunes that I listen to that will motivate the crap out of you. It's, it's like, um, I'll find some and send you come, but there's no way in the world you can't listen to this without getting yourself motivated to go out and do something. It's just awesome. The whole purpose of these, these playlists 
is to get you going. Oh. And I love them. Um, oh, that'd be great. I'll, I can put them in the show notes. Hmm. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll find one of them because one of them you listen to it and be like, man, if you don't get out of your chair and get outside and do something, I don't know what's going to help you <laughs> on some of these because they're just so incredible. Um, and I passed them along to some of my kids. Yeah, I'll find one in my playlist and send it to you. But uh, that would be awesome. It's, it's, you know, this is up to you. You know, <laughs> nobody else can do this but you. It just, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, just uh, it's just incredible. So, yeah. I love it. Um, do you run with anyone? Like uh, it sounds a bit like you don't because you've got mm-hmm. your headphones in and because of the time you're fitting in around. Yeah, myself. Mm-hmm. I've had people. I've had people offer. Now I said in the beginning, find someone to help you. Mm-hmm. Find someone to hold you accountable. That doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean they have to go physically with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I like to go alone. Someone offered to go with me, and I'm like, oh yeah, we'll have to do that. <laughs> But I was like not planning on doing it because it's it's just my time. I don't have to carry on a conversation with anyone. There's yeah. so many things that I do that I yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I would probably do it someday. Um, but yeah. yeah, I like to do it myself. Yeah, this is the season that you're in at the moment. It's uh, something Summer. we also talk a bit, um, it, figuratively speaking, as well as the actual season. But the season that like we all have different seasons in our life. So at the moment, that's the season that your running's going through. And in the future, as you reflected upon um, smartly, it may well be different for different reasons. You have different different uh, motivations and goals going on. Um, when do you think you called yourself a runner first or do you call yourself a runner? You know, I never did. And, and then someone sent me a text message and they're like, holy crap, Christopher, look what you just did. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know what? I did. Well, okay. I can't answer that. I, I do have a really, this is boom, popped in my head. When I looked at the bottom of my shoes and was like, oh my word, mm-hmm. there is no tread left on these. And then I got on my phone and I Googled how long, how long, what's the good, what's the shelf life yep. okay. of a pair of running shoes? Yep. And I read how many miles and then I calculated over the last month what I had done and how many days I'm like, Oh my word, I blew out these shoes like three months ago. You know, wow. I just, it was crazy. I was like no tread and I, I should have gotten a new pair of shoes months ago. So that moment right there. And I did a post, I did a post on Facebook. I'm like milestone. I'm throwing out like, and I threw the shoes out because I have enough kick around pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these are no good to me. Off they went. And I went and bought a new pair. So I felt I was that when I noticed that I had worn out my shoes and it was time to get another pair. And then the ones that I had on there, same thing. Or those out, had to get another pair. So I'm on my fourth mm-hmm. pair of shoes. Um and that's those who are, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to this on your show, but it's very critical. Your, your, uh, your parachute. My kids, my kids call their feet dogs. Mm-hmm. Like if your bare, if your bare feet are out there, like, hey, dad, your dogs are out. I don't know oh, if they yeah. say that in Australia, no, but like, I've never heard that. Hey, dad, your dogs stink or your dogs are out or cover your dogs. That's wow. in reference to your feet. So huh. I was going to say, take care of your dogs. Um, huh. Make sure you have good shoes. That's interesting. And, you don't have to spend a ton of money on good shoes too, either. You just got to have good, you know, you just got to know where to look. 
So. Um, one thing with shoes that's came to me just by doing the podcast um, or sunk into me, you know, you hear things, but you don't really hear things. Uh, having multiple pairs of shoes to run at one time. I've only just started doing that recently. Um, so cycling through because of the compression, you know, when we run on them, the stuff that's in there that, that gives us all that um, soft, airy, um, whatever. Anyway, it, it compresses down uh, and needs time to recover. And so depending on how often you're running, um, sometimes it needs, you know, two or three days. And so there are you know, people I've talked to now, um, especially people who run a lot, they have multiple pairs of shoes they cycle through. So I've started doing that after <laughs> all these years of running and it's been quite good and you're less likely than to get injuries. So, which is I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get another pair and then I'll mm. cycle back and forth between the two yeah. of them. And uh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Well, good I learned tip, something. Thank yeah, you. You can sharing. learn it many years before I did. Uh, <laughs> or actually apply it many years before I did. So when so do you call yourself a runner now? So that was sort of. The, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And it's, uh, it feels good to say that. I love it. That's awesome. It feels good to and say that. So in saying that, not wanting to be a Debbie Downer, but um, if you got injured, how would you deal with that mentally? If you couldn't run for a few weeks because some other. It just happened. There you go. How did you I got cellulitis in my shin. Oh, uh, it's an infection that doesn't mean you cut yourself, hit a stick, mm. and you got a poke in your knee or a bug bite. Mm. You could have a crack in dry skin, and you can get this infection. Cellulitis can get really bad; mm. like it can spread, and you can go into your system, and you know, eventually, you could go septic because the infection goes in your blood, and and so they monitor it very seriously. So yeah, mm. so three weeks ago my shin started to feel warm and it hurt. And I'm like, Oh boy. And, um, so I continued to walk, couldn't run. And, um, it was really irritating it and bothering it. So I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to yet. I'm close. Like when I finished my antibiotics, but here's the thing you got to ask yourself how important, like for me, Living long for my family is important. So I have to find a way. So I increased my upper body workout that I did with weights. Yeah. And then number two, I sampled things in the gym. So the that piece of equipment called an elliptical, mm -hmm. I can do the elliptical, get my heart rate up, get a good sweat, and that motion back and forth, there's no yeah. pounding yeah. and it doesn't irritate that my part of the shin. So it's healing, it's getting better. I would say next week. I might yeah. be able to get back out and start hitting mm -hmm. the pavement. Yeah. But when I do it though, I'm probably going to go to the track at the high school, mm -hmm. which is a rubber track. And I'm going to yeah. start there just yeah. to give a little extra cushion just so, you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll go a little bit and I'll walk a little bit and wait and see. I just don't want to irritate that area again because cellulitis is nothing to mess around with. So I'm very mm -hmm. proactive. We got out in front of it. And so yeah. funny you asked that question. I just went through that, but here's the thing. I have been jonesing or I've been craving wanting to get back out there. And that's yeah. a great feeling to have. It's like, yeah. oh, I really want to get back out there. You know, I miss it. And so mm -hmm. it's good when you're at that point because you know that you've gotten to a good place. Yeah. I like, um, like, this is kind of an identity question, but I like that even though you identify as a runner, when you can't run, 
you've put other things in in its place. So really, perhaps your overarching identity is that you're a healthy, fit person who loves to move, whether it's running, you know, this period you can't run for because you're injured, but you've found other things that you can do in order to, you know, be this, stay in true to your identity. And I suppose it's that sort of, that sort of question because it, it's not just elite sports people who finish their sports career who go through lots of issues if they haven't dealt with that identity question or who they are after they finish and, and they're no longer being that person. So, so go you. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. This seems like a really silly question after all that you've said, but mm-hmm. how do you think your life would be had you not started running? Like how has it improved your life? Uh, tremendously. I mean, it's, it, it motivates other people in your family to do stuff too, as well. You know, you lead by example. Um, like one night my daughter was, it was late and I'm like, who's in the garage? I went in the garage and she was working out. She was on the elliptical. We have an elliptical in the garage. So she was on the yeah. elliptical and she was doing other stuff. And then, and, uh, my one son, Teddy was like, dad, my stomach really hurts. I'm like, maybe you've got growing pains. And then I found him in the gym, like in the garage, he was lifting weights and stuff. And I'm like, your stomach's just sore because you were lifting a little bit too much. So um, it's very good. Uh, You know, here's the other thing too. Document your journey, like go on Facebook and, and hold yourself. So I post on Facebook every day I go to the gym, run, jog or whatever. I post the map, post a map of where I run, Mm -hmm. put how far I went and I post that. My kids are like, oh, why are you doing that? People don't care about your, where you ran today or how long you went. And I'm like, they actually do because you get a message from someone that says, I've gotten several messages from people that said, you motivated me to get started. Yeah. I've seen where you were. I see where you are now. I know that it's possible. I know that I can do it. If you can do it, oh. I can do it. Thank you for posting. So I just want to put a plug out there, document your journey. There are people that are watching you and following you that you might motivate to change something in their life. And, Mm. uh, you know, there's a lot of other Chris Vosses out there in the world that have damaged their body that are borderline ready to blow up, have something go wrong. So why don't you be the person to help motivate them to get started? Because like I said, you just have to get started. Uh, Tony Robbins says the road to uh, the, the road to tomorrow leads to the city of nowhere mm-hmm. and hang on that just mm-hmm. tomorrow. Keep putting it off for tomorrow. It's going to lead to the city of nowhere. Start today. Just start oh. today. Go, go touch the gym door or put your <laughs> flip flops on and go around the block of or whatever. Just start something. And one other thing, there's a great guy by the name of Alex Sharfin mm-hmm. and he's in the click funnels community, mm-hmm. but he talks about momentum and how important momentum is. Some people set these huge goals. They're not achievable right out of the gates. And then you don't achieve them. And then you get discouraged mm-hmm. and you stop. So his whole adage is set small, teeny little obtainable goals that you can pat yourself on the back and then keep doing those and then slowly increasing. So if you're listening to this, holy smokes, if your goal is that, okay, that's great. But make your first goal just going and doing something because you know, people don't, you don't like to fail. People don't like negativity. You don't like to feel bad about yourself. So like, well, if I don't set a goal to do anything and I don't go out and run, I don't fail at anything. So I'll just continue to stay. So I think in order to get into momentum, you got to have little wins and little wins will equal big wins. So maybe think about that. 
we've talked a lot about, I, I love those points, but we've also talked about getting used to the concept that it's okay to be uncomfortable. And in fact, looking forward to being uncomfortable every day. And if you can do that in a physical way and probably also in an emotional way and other, other ways as well, it just strengthens mm-hmm. you and makes you, like, like as a humans, we were, you know, it wasn't actually that long ago that we didn't live in houses with water and toilets and, mm-hmm. and that our food was in the fridge, you know, <laughs> let alone a shop. We had, we had to get uncomfortable every day. Like our bodies are built to be that way for a lot longer than they haven't. And so that's where a lot of our, as we know in our Western world, uh, our malaise have come from, I think, in that we we just don't get uncomfortable. In fact, we don't even have to get out of the chair to change the television, <laughs> press a button or talk now, you know, change the television, change the channel. So um, it, it's almost like we have to go back in some mm-hmm. ways to, to what? Mm-hmm we're actually designed for it. Uh, and that is being used to being uncomfortable on a regular basis and, and to want to be that, I think, um, which is it, it's a hard thing to, for my, many people to swallow <laughs> in this day and age because mm-hmm. everything's built around how comfortable we can be. Um, anyway, that's a, another an interesting conversation that we can have at some point. Um, I, I'm cons- cognizant that I haven't talked much about what your current what your business is, and I wanted to actually sh- throw a bit of a spotlight on that before we wrap up mm. shortly with a couple more running things. But um, tell tell us a little bit about ROR. Thank you. Yes, you know, on the topic you said before, I, I was just watching a video by Ed Milet, and Ed Milet said, "If it won't kill you, you know, it'll just make you. It'll just stronger. make you better. Mm. Uh, it'll just make you stronger." And um, you know. When I talked a little bit earlier about how important it is to not do this stuff alone, mm. um, I really meant that for a lot of reasons. And so, yeah, re- ROR stands for return on relationship. And mm. so the essence of what ROR is, every single thing that we do in life, every single thing that we do in our businesses, all hinge on relationships. So if you think about life and you think about opportunities in life as a door and you people have heard, you know, open up that door of opportunity or you open up that door and that opportunity comes doors of opportunity swing on hinges Mm. and those hinges are small and they swing a really big door. And so everything in life and business swings on hinges and those hinges are relationships. And so if you find and align yourself with the right people, um, you can literally drastically change and alter the direction of your life and direction mm-hmm. of your business. For me, that relationship with Russell Brunson led to a relationship with Wallace Nelson, mm-hmm. which led to saving my life and not dying from mm-hmm. a stroke. And everything that's going on in my business right now, I have I am privileged and honored to have the opportunity to speak at a very large digital marketing conference coming up in September. It's the mm-hmm. Super Bowl of marketing, Super yeah. Bowl of marketing online. Um you know, everyone from Tony Robbins to Ed Milet to Dean Draziosi to Brendan Bouchard and all these incredible people spoke on the stage yeah. and Russell Brunson picked me to speak on the stage. Why? It's because of the relationships with him and the relationships mm. I've established with others that made that possible. So I teach people how to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we teach them how to reach out to people. 
We teach them the process that you need to go through so that you don't offend someone or turn them off. Mm -hmm. And there's a right way and a wrong way to show up in someone's life and to try and get their attention. So ROR University teaches the ROR method. And the method is do these six things. As you're trying to connect and build a network with people, um, do these six things and you'll have success at turning the head of the individual, Mm -hmm. getting their attention, getting them to look at you opening up the door of opportunity of dialogue. Mm. So we teach it and also we do it for people. So a lot of people, right? Some people have more money than they have time. Mm. So like, we want to hire you. I Here's a list of five people and they range from all different These five people, I want you to help me get connected with these individuals, Mm. whether it be you want to do a podcast interview or you want to do a joint venture or a collaboration or whatever you're at in life and business, like I said before, don't go it alone. And all the people that have been successful, all the successful entrepreneurs from Sir Richard Branson to Elon Musk to whatever. Yeah. These guys had some grit. They had some smarts, but they got there with other people. They got there with a team. And so return on relationship. Uh, yeah. It's so important. Uh, we teach you how to build relationships, authentic relationships. And the best thing in the world is when I tell people, turn all your heroes into your friends Mm -hmm. and say, if you're like, wow, if I had a relationship with that person, that would really blow the doors off my business. How can I get this person's attention? And once you do, you want them to say the magic words back to you. Tell me more about what you do or Mm -hmm. how can I help you? Everyone's wired. Reciprocity is a beautiful thing. When you show gratitude and love to somebody, they're going to want to return the favor and do something nice back to you. And that's what it's all about. So Return on relationship. My goal is for that to, you know, when people say, look up something, they say, Google it is yeah. what people say nowadays. Um, people are starting to say, Hey, Christopher, I want to ROR them. And which stands for, I want to build a relationship oh. with this person. I want to connect with them. I want to return on relationship. And so people send me a message. I want to ROR Michelle. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm sure uh, they say that all the time. <laughs> requests all the time, but you know, it's so interesting. If you show love and attention to someone, if you show up in their life differently than everyone else, you're going to become very interesting and they're Mm. going to become interested in you. And so Mm. I'll close with this quote. I wish I could find why I should tweak it and make it my own, but a really great man by the name of Dale Carnegie says Mm. this quote, you can gain more friends in two months by showing interest in them than spending two years trying to get them interested in you. Mm. So if you hang on every single one of those words, spend two months showing interest in others versus spending two years trying to say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, If you follow that principle, you're going to get some pretty amazing people that are going to reach out to you and say, hey, I want to work together on something Mm. and stuff like that. So yeah, so that's what we do. Return on relationship, ROR University. Uh, We help people do it. We teach people to do it. I have the best job in the world, Michelle. My job is to put smiles on people's faces, make people happy and excited and want to get together and connect. It's a great job. And you're finding now, because you were doing that before you started your current journey while you're on this podcast, um, are you finding that it's easier now? Because it's a very, um, your role is a very, you've got to turn up. It's a turning up sort of role. Your business is, it's not one you can do hiding behind a keyboard and, 
you know, with an avatar, it's a, it's a literally a turning up. And I can only imagine that every, it's that you losing all this weight and going on this fitness journey is made it so much easier, fulfilling. I don't know all the words or the adjectives that you can think of. Would that be right? Absolutely. And, and when you're on camera, I mean, <laughs> I had an event, I had some great videos where I interviewed some amazing people. And when I put it out, I say, just to warn you, that's not my twin brother. It's me. It's a bigger version of me. Cause some people, they got the videos, they watch me like, holy crap, what happened to you? Did you get sick? Mm-hmm. Like, do you get cancer or someone had what happened? I'm like, no, it was by choice. Um, <laughs> so, you know, confidence, everyone lacks confidence at some mm-hmm. time. I mean, you listen to some of the greatest motivational speakers in the world. They talk about a time when they lacked mm. the confidence to do something. So anything that you can do to help build that confidence and physical appearance, physical feeling. I mean, you walk into a room and you're not dragging yourself in there or you're not huffing and puffing or that's mm. the biggest thing. The, the thing I, Michelle, I remember we'd go to, we'd go to an event and you had to walk up a set of stairs and you get up a set of stairs and you're totally holding your breath so that someone doesn't hear you be like, you know, sound like you're absolutely going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I dreaded that. Cause you're like, ah, oh. and they're just like going up and, you know, I'm like, you get up the top and you're like, I need oxygen, you know, but versus going up to the top and be like, Hey, let's keep going. Ready to go. So yeah, there's just so many positive fruits. So that's a lot of that's reflection too. Like, yeah, I was 100 kilos after having my second child when I was 25, and I can still remember just being like taking groceries in, you know, from the, from the car and how I was like, this is ridiculous. Why is this? <laughs> and, I, you know, I haven't thought that now for 30 years or whatever, um, that, it's, <laughs> that it's hard anymore. You know, so you don't even think about it. It's just life. Those things are smooth. Yeah. You don't even remember, you know, you have to, it's on ref, only on reflection that you remember they were even an issue, which is oh, absolutely. interesting. You could have, it's developing flow. Um, in saying that, do you, how long do you think you'll run for in your life now that yeah, you're? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it as long as I can. As long as I can. I mean, I, I saw a guy a couple of days ago. He must have been late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. He was still at it. He wasn't breaking any land speed records, but he was still at it. That's what he matters, was, isn't it? He was scuffling and he was still going because I think he knows, you know, he knows what good it's going to do. So yeah. Yeah, as long as I, as long as I'm capable, um, as long as I'm capable and if I'm not capable, then I'll find bottom line. I'm going to find a way to move bottom line. I'm going to find yeah. a way to do something, yeah. get exactly. your heart rate up, uh, stretch your muscles. Um, yeah. There was a guy in the gym a couple of days ago, lifting weights. He was doing like 45 pound dumbbells doing a chest press. And he had to be 68, 70 years old. I'm like, man, good for you. Keep going. That's I mean, awesome. just so, yeah, as long as I can. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'm addicted. <laughs> in a healthy way. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we wrap up and before I ask you for some running tips for beginner runners, is there anything about running that we haven't touched on that you would like to shine some light on? Well, you kind of covered it in preparation. I mean, depending on your, you know, 
winters here in Michigan yeah. are pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you got to have a plan for seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to have a plan if it's going to rain. I mean, do you have something you can wear outside? Mm. Uh, you, I mean, you can jog in the rain. Um, wintertime, we get a lot of ice. Um, yeah. So you have to have a plan. So in the wintertime, I come indoors, uh, mm. you know, come indoors. And I know treadmill is not the best here. But key thing, if you're coming indoors, make sure you join a gym that has good treadmills. Not, mm. I mean, there's treadmills that are really, you know, it's funny going to a treadmill and you see someone jogging massive speeds. And I'm like, that treadmill is really for walking. Mm. It's not really... For, you know, there's treadmills that are made for running. There's treadmills yeah. that are made for walking. Uh, okay. So there are, I don't know, that's what I was told by a trainer. He's like, you yeah. jog on these, you walk on these. And you see this guy over there going five miles an hour, just cruising. But um, <laughs> the only thing it covers is just have a plan for seasons. Uh, Winter time here, there's tons of ice. I tried to do it. And the last thing you want to do is slip and fall, yeah. hurt your back break something. And mm-hmm. then now you've gone back in the other direction. So mm. having a plan for winter here is, is critical and, and having something, if it rains, if there's bad weather, mm. it just, it goes back to what you said, planning, mm. uh, have a strategy, get rid of the obstacles. Yeah. Um, you know, I love running in the fall. So you set out, you know, under armor, you know, you know, the under, stuff that goes underneath your t-shirt. So you have a little bit of warmth. So you don't have to yeah. wear this big, heavy coat um, yeah. and use Lyering. Google, mm-hmm. use YouTube. You just go in there and cite, you know, jogging in the fall or you jogging in the winter and you know, all sorts of stuff pops up and they give you suggestions on things you can do, how to yeah. keep your feet warm and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Because I've known a lot of people that get to winter and then they stop yeah. they go back to their old eating habits and then come mm-hmm. springtime, they've put on 40 pounds and they're out of shape. It's so, not. It's not something most people in Australia have to deal with. So it's yeah, kind. Of, it's right. an, it's an interesting. We have. I have talked to some people on the podcast, and we talked about running in the snow and all of that sort of stuff. But it's yeah. There'd be. F- there's quite a few. Even where I am in Tasmania, where I can see the snow on the mountains in winter, but it's only snowed once in my lifetime, and it on, you know, ground where I live, and yeah, it's it's pretty uncommon <laughs> in most parts of Australia. We're, yeah, we're fortunate in that. No, it's fine. Snow's okay. Snow's good. <laughs> ice, snow's nice. Like running on snow is great, but and then just as long as there's no ice, because that's yeah. when you're sliding all over the place. Yeah. And you know, so and Flipping. being not a spring chicken, a little you know some little movement, you know, like, oh. jarring like oh, backs out, <laughs> I'm out. So just be careful. Be yeah. smart. Be smart. All right. Um, I love that, especially the the preparation thing. I think is really important for a lot of things we do in life, but certainly for heading out the door um, for our runs and to make sure that they're successful, that preparation is important. Um, Before we wrap up, Mm -hmm. can you give me just a handful of tips or one, two, three, whatever, uh, for someone that came, I'm sure people already actually have been messaging you, as you said, Christopher, um, that they want to start running because they've seen you do all these amazing things. What's the advice you would give them? Find somebody that's find someone that's doing it, mm-hmm. and ask them to help you, because that is going to give you the help that you need. Answer questions, an accountability partner, mm-hmm. uh, someone that will motivate you on the way. So number one is find someone that will be your partner in that. Mm-hmm. Number two 
pick a date that you're going to start and have the integrity with yourself to say, and, and don't be like those people who are like, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow. Okay. Well, wait a second. It's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. It's date night. You got a busy, a lot of things scheduled. You know what? You're probably not going to get in the morning because you got a Zoom call. I'll fit it in before date night. That's not going to happen. You're being set. So yeah. I go back to create momentum. So number one, find someone that can help you with it. Number two, create momentum mm-hmm. by making realistic goals. Pick a date. Say, I'm going to start on this date. Mm-hmm. And then do all the preparation you need to get to that date. Yeah. So pick a date, hold yourself accountable, have integrity and, and start with that date. So number one, get someone to help you. Number two, plan, pick a date. And that's where you're going to start. And then number three, give yourself grace and don't be too hard on yourself because this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. There's a good way to end it. Yeah. This journey for you is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And you want to begin with the end in mind, mm-hmm. but just remember it's a marathon, not a sprint. And mm-hmm. if you do those three things, I think if I could go back in time and I could tell myself to find someone to help me, if I was realistic on the goals that I'm setting when I'm starting. Mm-hmm. And then that third one, if I, if I did those, I think I would have been more successful sooner and and not taken. So yeah, those would be my, those would be my big three. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm going to, they'll be in the show notes as will the link to uh, your business as well. So people can go and check it out. Lovely. Very exciting. What you're doing. I think it's actually relevant to everything in life. Like a lot of what we've talked about here, like, relationships are it's what makes the quality of our lives really and all the all the good stuff is in there can be tied back to good relationships with those around us so i love it i love what you're doing and i love what uh, you've shared with us today so christopher i want to say a massive thank you for being so generous with your time and Absolutely. sharing all that awesome goodness i know it's going to motivate so many people so i really appreciate it again um massive thank you Absolutely. Those of you that are listening, you can do it. Yes, you, you can. can do it. You can do it. Just get started. Go mm-hmm. touch the door. <laughs> Drive to the parking lot. <laughs> Put your shoes on. <laughs> Put your shoes on. Walk on the front porch and go in day one. Whatever it takes, just get yeah. started. So, yeah, Michelle, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And thank you for allowing me on here and be able to talk about this. It's, it's really a pleasure for me that sharing my journey with someone, if that can help them get started to avoid some of the things that kind of forced me into staying strict. Yeah. Uh, don't wait for that. Start early, start now, and uh, you guys will be in good shape. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Now, don't jump off straight away. I'll chat to you off the recording as well. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. I also wanted to let you know that I've created an email list so you won't miss any podcast episodes. 
You'll find details in the show notes and on the Fit Mind Fit Body website, along with a bunch of resources on mindful running. They'll help you to get and stay mentally and physically fit. And I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running and ultimately to improve their life. See you soon.